0: everybody doing tonight? It's time to worship our God. Amen. We love you, Lord. You are shaking are so good to us, God. you take this heart make it whole again. Though the mountains may be moved into the sea, You are always, always available. You're always right here with me. You're in me, God. Help us to remember that. You are beautiful, Lord. And I bless your holy name. Lord, I pray that you would be so just people would feel your presence in this place today, Lord. That we would just feel your presence. Make us more like you today. Speak through pastor tonight. Help us to just learn more. Open our eyes about some things, God. And just help us to know how much you love us and you're with us. We bless you, and we praise you, and we thank you. In Jesus' holy and awesome and powerful name, amen, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God.
1: It's just a little bit warm. Pastor said, don't talk about the weather because people all over the world are watching us. It's probably hot all over the world. It's probably hot everywhere. But thank God for the sunshine. I'm not complaining. It's been a great day. It's a great day to be in God's house. It's so good Amen. to see everybody here. can't believe people are finally coming back. It's great. It's great. And if you're Amen. not coming, come. It's okay. It's okay. Come to church. Everybody's here. We're having a great time. Now's the time we give in our tithe and our offering. There's lots of ways to give. You can give out in the foyer with your debit card or credit card at the kiosk. You can give in the sanctuary tonight. You can give on our website, pca.com. You can give on our app. If you don't have the app, go to the App Store or Play Store, download the app, answer affirmatively, and you will have the app. And then you can also text PCA Church to the number that's behind me. So lots of ways to give. And God is so faithful. He's so faithful to us. Amen. He's always there no matter what. Whether we deserve it or not, we never deserve it. But He's always with us. He's just as close Amen. as the mention of His name. You know, I find myself when something happens, I say, Jesus, that's the first thing I say. And, oh, my Jesus, that's the first thing I say. And I was actually talking to a government official on the phone. And he said something to me. And I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. And he just started laughing. And I said, no, really, thank you, Jesus. Because he's answering prayer. He is so good to us all the time. Gentlemen, if you will come. Father, I ask that you would bless this offering, God. Bless the time that we have in in your place tonight, in your house, Lord. I pray, Father, that you would minister to each and every one blessed every gift and every giver. Father, give it back to them, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Lord, we ask God that you would use it, and that you would anoint it, and it would meet the needs of our community, Father, that we can be your hands extended. Lord, help us, Father, to open our eyes, to see the needs, Lord, that we can reach out. Lord, there's so many people that need you, Father, and we want to be that catalyst, God, that draws them to you. And Lord, we ask that you would bless our pastor tonight, give him a double portion of your anointing, Father. Anoint every heart, mind, and soul to receive your word. That what you have for us to receive. In Jesus' name I pray,
2: amen. Amen. Man, it's been a good week so far. If you notice, some things are a little different than when you left last time. It's because the men are getting ready for Father's Day. Man, those guys are ready to go. Last night, man, they was ripping it up up here, and it was awesome, and it was a wonderful time, and uh, they're having a lot of fun, but they're also putting in a lot, of, a lot of hard work. So I want you to be here early Sunday morning. Do not get here at 10.30. You are late. Get here at 10 o'clock, 10.05, 10.10, 10.15, you're almost late. You do not want to miss one second of this Father's Day, you're going to walk in and go, what happened to our church? Uh, oh, we're still the church. It's just the men are doing it one Sunday. And, and uh, so they have picked out a lot of things uh, that are going to be happening. It's Father's Day, right? If You haven't gotten the socks? Don't get them. Get them something else. We don't need socks. We don't need ties. We need, We need fishing rods. We need a bass boat. We need a, a camper, an RV. That's what the guys need. I mean, come on, ladies, step it up. It's great. We're going to have Father's Day. I mean, it's gonna, we're going to put out all the stops Sunday. You're going to walk in really and be going, what, what, what? And so this is not all there is, but we have an all-man band coming up here Sunday. The men are playing every instrument. The men are playing instruments you didn't know were instruments. There's barrels on the stage. There's saw blades up here. It's going to be a blast. So don't miss Father's Day and, and make sure that uh, you take care of your father. Dads are awesome. Dads are awesome. And so it seems like it's been forever since I've taught on a Wednesday night. We, um, we've had some of our other staff pastors teaching. And so I began teaching on a principle and pattern of prayer. And most people go, Pastor, we already know how to pray. I have found out that we do not pray properly. We just skip to phase number last and go straight in there and do this. But there's a pattern. And God said in the Old Testament, I'm going to give you a foreshadowing, an example on earth of what is in heaven. And so if it's in heaven and he gave us an example of it on earth, I believe there's a pattern for us to be able to get into the presence of God and to have effectual, fervent prayer time. I don't want us wasting our time. I don't want us to go through things that we don't need to. Uh, years ago, I had a gentleman come into my life, and he made prayer for me rituals. It was all about rituals and that amount of time that you had to spend. And I kept looking at the watch, how much longer, and it became bondage. And I said, God, there's got to be a better way. This pattern in principle I'm showing you is in the Old Testament. But you can make it a five-minute pattern in principle. You can make it a 20-minute pattern in principle. You can make it a four-hour pattern in principle. However you want to spend each time in each area. But we talked about prayer and how to pray. And we found out that most people don't know how to. And so Exodus 25, uh, gives God gave Moses the, the details of this tabernacle. And um, he built it and he said, see to it, you do it exactly like I tell you. And for 500 years, this was how they worshipped in the wilderness. For 500 years in the tabernacle, they worshipped like this. And then comes along the temple and it was built to exact specifications. And then in the New Testament, God said, hey, we're going to make you the temple. You are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. So in order for us to be the temple, we have patterns and principles that we need to go through to get into the presence of God. And so uh, can you imagine doing church the same way for 500 years and all of a sudden one generation comes along and let's do it different. I mean we get upset when we've done it for 20 years the same way or 30 years the same way and there's change. Can you imagine 500 years and then these young bucks come in and say we're going to build something different and we're going to do it different? I imagine there was a lot of complaining going on so we talked about the first area that God set up was the brazen altar Exodus 27:1, 1 build an altar of acacia wood three cubits high it is to be square five cubits long and five cubits wide this was the brazen altar and it was the place of sacrifice this was the first place we walked to and this is where the priest I think we have a, a photo of it the priest would offer up the sacrifices of the people for their sins It was a place we talk about the cross. It's a place where there's the ministry of expiation, which is the offering up of sacrifice for our sins. It is a place we talk about the blood. We talk about the stripes. We talk about redemption. So start off your prayer time being thankful for the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may say every day, every day. Why? Because every day we get brand new mercies. Every day. Every day I want to be reminded of the price that Christ paid for my sins to be cleansed from me. So start off with the thankfulness of the cross. And then the next one is the laver. And this is where the priest would go and get clean after they presented the sacrifices. There was blood, all those things. They came to the laver and they washed up. Because if they did not wash their feet and hands and went further, the Bible said they would die. It's important that we begin to get a cleansing. I mean, we're thankful for our sins to be cleansed, but then we need a washing, don't we? Every day. I'm not going to ask how many of you took a shower today. I hope every one of you did. Because if you didn't, you need a washing every day. Brush your teeth every day. Deodorant, all those things. They're important. And to the priest, every time they went into the presence of God, they made sure they were clean. Every day, we need to make sure we're clean in God's presence. Every day, it's not my righteousness, it's His righteousness. But every day, there's opportunities for me to get some kind of stain, some kind of spot, some kind of wrinkle in my life, and I want to get it clean before God. We talked about that as being a sanctification. And there's when we get saved, there's instantaneous sanctification, we are instantly changed from darkness to light, we are sanctified. But then we are sanctified throughout our life, a progressive sanctification. And it's called from glory to glory to glory to glory. You never have an end to that. And every day God is changing us, right? We grow and mature in Christ. And we thank God for that sanctification. And then we come into the holy place. We've gone past the brazen altar, the laver, now the holy place. In the holy place there was three pieces of furniture, the golden candlestick which had one stem and six branches, it was to be lit at all times, 365, 24-7. The oil was never to go out of the lamp. And that signified the illumination of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the illuminator in our life. When we come into areas that we don't understand what the answer is, it may be a little dark, it may be a little clouded, We need the light of the Holy Spirit to shine into that room, into that situation, give us an answer, give us direction, guide our footsteps. There was the table of showbread where we get our sustenance from, we get our strength. And then there was the altar of incense. We talked about those three pieces of furniture. And then we talked about all of the different compound names of God. I want to go over those for just a second. Because we need to pray the names of God, whatever we have need of. We need to pray He's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. How many of you need a provider sometimes? We need to pray that He's Jehovah Shalom, our peace. We need to pray that He is Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. It's not our righteousness, it is God's righteousness in us. He is Jehovah Nisi, our banner. When they went to war, they'd have one rider out front with a banner. He didn't have a, a shield or spear or, or bow and arrows. He was riding the banner of the army that was following. And God's going before us, right? Fighting our battles before we get there. He is our banner. Jehovah Mekidishkem. he sanctifies us. We are sanctified because of him. Jehovah Rapha, he is our healer by his stripes. Jehovah Adonai, he is our Lord. He's not only Savior at the beginning, but he becomes Lord through our life. He is Jehovah Shama. That means God is here. In the New Testament, he was called Jehovah Emmanuel. God is here. Jehovah Shama. He is here. Jehovah Suri. He is my strength. We don't live this life in our own strength, do we? It is the strength of God in us. And so we go through that wonderful time of illumination, of strengthening, of sustenance, where we get our daily strength to go through the day. And then we come into the place I want to focus on tonight, the Holy of Holies. The Holy of Holies. We've given our sacrifices. We've been cleansed. We come in and we get our sustenance. We, we, we honor Him as, as Lord and our strength and our peace and our healing and all those things. And then we come into the Holy of Holies. And the Holy of Holies is where the ark of the Covenant is, the Ark of the Covenant. It signifies the presence of God. Isn't that our destination in all of our prayer time? We want to get into the presence of God. Get into the presence of God. We want God to welcome welcome us into His presence. In the Ark, there were three things that was there. In the Ark, the manna. There was manna put in there to remind them that God provided for them Every day during the time of the wilderness. Every day for 40 years, except for the Sabbath. They gathered enough on the sixth day to carry them through the Sabbath, but every morning God provided. There was the rod of Aaron. Remember that rod? Yeah. And the tables of law. It included the moral law and the civil law. These things were in the ark. And above the ark was the mercy seat. Aren't you thankful? the mercies of God the presence of God he reminds us I'm your provider he reminds us that I am the one that's going to make a way I'm going to take this rod thy rod and thy staff they comfort me and then we have the law to live by we have a morality in our life we have a civility in our life toward those others Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says this Let us then approach God's throne of grace. It's grace. Thank God for His grace. With confidence. That's how I want my prayers to be. Prayers of confidence. That when I'm praying this prayer, I've approached the throne of God, I've done it the way He asked me to do it, and now I have His attention And with confidence, I lay my petitions at his feet. Look at this. It says, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Yeah. Just since last Sunday, we had prayer for miracles and healings. Now, this Sunday's Father's Day, we're not going to share all of these things, but I've already had two reports since Sunday of tremendous opportunities for God to receive all the glory. In both instances, cancer. And in both instances, it's gone. Whew. Praise God. Man, I just get get the whatever's you want to call them. We call them uh, the doodads or whatever. I don't live my life by doodads, but I sure do like them every now and then. The presence of God healing people bringing that which was sickness and disease. He commands it. He rebukes it. His authority is there. And when we come into His presence in our time of need, we really want there to be a change, don't we? We wouldn't be praying, God, change this situation. God, come into this situation. And we, we approach His throne of grace and mercy, and we do it with confidence. We receive that in our time of need. This is where now finally you bring your petitions to God. See, now so many of us, we start off praying this way. God, I need. We've already jumped to the Holy of Holies. How did we get in there without going through the brazen altar first? How did we get in there without getting cleansed at the labor? How did we get in there without having the Holy Spirit illuminate our lives and give us strength and substance through our life? How did we get in there? Well, we aborted all this other process. No, 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 no. God is a God of pattern and God is a God of principles. And when you honor these patterns and you honor these principles, you bring your petitions with confidence, you lay them at His feet, and you say, God, I believe there will be... A change. God move in this situation. God change cancer. God change sickness. God change the relationships in this marriage. God change the finances. God change the health situation. Whatever it may be, you bring it in and with confidence, not in our flesh, not in our righteousness, not in our strength, but in who we are bringing it to. God. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we get to walk into the King's presence. Wow! I don't think we understand how awesome that is. Can you imagine being in the tabernacle days, and you—if you committed this sin—you got to go. Whoa! This is really going to cost me. I got to kill a goat. I got to go get a cow and give it. Up. I mean, this is serious stuff. And until that happens, that sin is on your life and in your heart. But nowadays, if I think I've done something wrong, I can immediately approach the throne of grace and the throne of mercy and with confidence know that God will forgive me and wash me and cleanse me of all my sins. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. We can do it individually. We can do it any time we want to. We do not have to have this six months away from now or a year from now. We can do it every moment that we think of. What a privilege we live in today. And then I never end my prayer time without putting on the full armor of God. I do. I just rehearse it every day. How many of you, and I don't even want to know the answer to this one either. How many of you left the house this morning not dressed? I hope you didn't. I hope you were fully dressed when you left the house. So do your neighbors, yeah. We need to be spiritually dressed for the day. We need to be, we do not know what's coming our way. And if you walk out of your life every morning or any morning without the full armor of God, you are going to be susceptible to having some severe pain in your life. Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord. How many of you want to be strong in the Lord? And in His, are you in? I'll get to Sunday morning on this in a minute. Are you in His mighty power, that dunamis, that explosive dynamic power? If you want to, do, then here's what you do. Put on the full armor of God. Put it on. Who puts it on? You put it on. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. If you're a child of God, every day the enemy has a plan and a scheme against your life. Every day. Every day, he's looking for traps to trap you in. He's looking for moments to get loud in your head. He's looking for moments to cause you have doubts and fears. He's looking for moments to come in and do this or that. And you've got to be ready for it. You've got to be ready for it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We need to remember that. Sometimes the enemy uses people, but the enemy is not the people. The enemy is in spiritual places, not physical places. Our warfare is against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, fall down. No, no. You stand firm. How do you stand and then you've done all you can do? How do you keep on standing? How do people look at your life and go, how can you have a smile on your face when when, look what's happening in your life? How can you have such faith? How can you have strength when we know what's going on in your life? And you go, why? Because I'm standing when I don't know how to stand. That's when I really stand firm in the Lord. This is not me. This is Christ in me giving me the strength. I've been to the table of the showbread. I've gotten some sustenance today. I've gotten my Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. My God, Jehovah Nisi is going before me, riding before me. Before I get to this battle, God's going to fight it for me. I'm believing that. So what I'm doing is standing not in my strength, but in the strength of God. I've told you before, there are times I've got to get up and preach, and I don't feel I've I've been, I've been preaching before with 104 fever. And during that preaching, I've been healed of that fever. Yeah. Because, hey, I'm not going to let the enemy stop what God wants to say to his church. Yeah. So we stand firm. How do you do that? With the belt of truth around us. The truth is buckled here. It's the center of your life. Why do you think he starts out with truth? Because everything else centers around truth. We've got to be able to tell the truth in our lives. Don't lie. Don't shade it. But be truthful. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And we need to be people of truth. It affects how we work and what people think about us. It affects everybody around us in our friendships. Well, they say they're a Christian, but they don't tell the truth half the time, you know. Now, sometimes as pastors preaching, I use a hyperbole sometimes. I'll, I'll say a thousand or a hundred, and it's one or two, but um, it's, it's hyperbolic speech. But we need to be people of truth. People need to know that you are a person that when you say something, your word carries value, and you have ethics and integrity. You gird yourself around with truth. It's around your waist. You take this breastplate of righteousness. Why is it the breastplate? Because your heart by itself is self-righteousness. It's filthy rags. But you have this breastplate of righteousness that covers your heart. Why? Because it is God's righteousness, not ours. And man, we need our heart protected today, don't we? We need to have hearts that are pure. We need to have hearts that are righteous, that have the right attitudes and the right... I mean, just, we've got to have a good heart. We need that today, and and we need that in our life because a lot of time the enemy's just aiming where? Right here. Gets in the heart. We've got a breastplate of righteousness. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I pray, Lord, everywhere I go today, If I walk into a room of chaos, I pray that I can bring peace into whatever chaos situation I walk into. If there's a crisis in someone's life today, God, give me the wisdom to bring peace into their lives. Bring peace. I believe when we walk into a room, we go to work, we walk into work, I believe there ought to be an atmospheric change around us. There's peace. You're not always the one of drama. Have you ever met people that are always just drama, 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 drama? It's like, man, they just need some peace. I get wore out at some people's drama. I mean, it's every day. It's all, it's, uh, I could not live like that. They need some Jehovah Shalom peace. Amen? And with your feet shod with the gospel of peace, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. And I shared a little bit about this. This shield went above the head, wider than the soldier, and all the way down the ground. So when they picked it up and held it, nothing, the flaming missiles that we're going to get to in a minute, nothing can penetrate and get to them because the shield is so large. How big is your faith today? It's got to be big enough to cover your life. Every area of your life. Your faith's got to cover your mental health. Your faith's got to cover your physical health. It's got to cover your finances. Your peace has got to cover your family. Your peace has got to cover your marriage. It's got to cover your job. I mean, it's, your peace has got to cover everything in the faith to have that, man. You've got to cover everything in your life. And sometimes you've got to have it big enough for your kids to get in there behind your faith. Because Theirs isn't big enough yet. And Sometimes as a pastor, I've got whole families behind my faith because they're like, Pastor, we just just don't know that we have enough faith for this. I go, come on, I've got enough faith. Let's do this. Let's watch God do the impossible. Yeah, faith, faith. Because with that faith, you extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Wow. How many? All of them. You think the enemy just takes one shot at you a day? No. He's firing them off. Phew. 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 One of them will get through in a minute. They'll get tired in a minute. They'll let down their shield of faith for just a minute and I'll get them. No. We've got to have that faith. Faith, faith, faith. Take the helmet of salvation. This I pray about quite a bit. Because this covers my mind. It covers my thinking. Philippians 4 says we are to think on the good things in life. We're to think on things of good report. Think on things that are truthful. Our thinking can get us in trouble. And if we're not careful, it will cause us to lose our salvation. We've got to think on the right things. We've got to have the right attitude. I mean, sometimes I got to, sometimes during the day, get that helmet, snug it back on there real tight because I got a stinking attitude about something. Yeah. We all have opportunity. You've got to get this on every day. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I get weary and tired. And guess what? The first thing goes my attitude, my thinking gets all messed up. It gets critical and cynical. And I got to get it back to having the right perspective. You're thinking. And then you have the sword of the Spirit. It is your offensive weapon, that Spirit of God, the Word of God. You better have that every day. That's why most times when I, I tell us to lift our bow, thy word will I hide in my heart. Because I've got to tell you, when the enemy comes against me, I don't have time to go find it in the Bible somewhere. I've got to know it. I've got to say, hey, wait a minute. Here's what the Word of God says, because every time Jesus was tempted, he said this, what? It is written. The enemy only will respond to the Word of God. And we've got to have a sword, and it's got to be sharp, and it's got to be ready, and it's doubled-edged. It cuts both ways. The problem that I've seen in churches as a pastor is I've seen church people cutting each other with the Word of God. We need to stop that. We are not warring against each other. We do not need to take the word of God and beat somebody down with it just to make ourselves feel better. We need to take the word of God, the Bible says, and build each other up on our most holy faith. I've got to encourage you with the word. I've got to encourage you and build you up and, and tell you know what God's word says. Not my opinion. My opinion may change ten times in a day, but the Word of God never changes. It is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the enemy knows the Word of God. He was in heaven. He has seen the Word face to face. He led worship for the Word. And he knows it better than we do. And we've got to make sure we hide this Word, have this sword ready and willing to get on the offensive against the enemy instead of being on the defensive of him coming against us. And we've got to have this word. And then it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. Can I tell you the gift of the Holy Spirit is a wonderful gift in prayer because the enemy does not understand what you are saying. And you may go, Pastor, I don't really know what I'm saying either. But the Spirit is praying for me and through me. And the Spirit, the Word says, the Spirit knows the mind of God and prays the will of God. So it's powerful because now we have communication that the enemy cannot listen into and know what the game plan is. I see Staff Sergeant Bill Wilford, E6 over here. And there was communication that we had on um, Memorial Day weekend. Some of it I did not understand because he kept using initials. I'm like, I don't know what that means. But people who are in the forces know what that means. They understand the dialogue. When we are Christians in the army of God, we have a dialogue with our commander that the enemy cannot listen to and understand what we're planning. We need to pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert. Be alert. Wake up. I think we're getting lulled to sleep in churches. I think we're getting lulled to sleep in our lives. Wake up the enemy stealing, killing, and destroying, and we're sitting around going, well, come on. Be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I pray for you. I love the writings of Paul, and he writes letters to the churches, and he said, I thank God in my prayers for you. Man, don't you want people praying for you? I do. I want you praying for me and I know you want me praying for you. We've had several instances this week. I've gotten prayer requests on my phone. Prayer requests, prayer requests. Yeah. Guess what I do? I stop immediately and start praying. I've got to be ready at all times. Be alert. Be dressed for the day. Be going. And then he said, pray also for me. You need to pray for your pastor so that when I speak, Words may be given to me that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Can I tell you today, pastors are intimidated in some churches. They're intimidated to speak the truth, the mystery of the gospel. And he says, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Yeah, fearlessly. We've got to be fearless today. Fearless warriors in the army of God. Be dressed, be alert, wake up every morning. And if you need to go into the presence of God, like I said, I can go through the brazen altar, I can go through the labor, I can go through the, the, the Holy of Holies, get in there in three to four minutes if I need to. Less time, whatever. Or I can enjoy the process of thanking God for the cross, for the Christ, for the for the one who made it possible. Thank Him for my sanctification, thanking that He's washed me, cleansed me, Go into that, that room to where the holy place and just allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate my life, illuminate my thoughts, illuminate situations, give me direction on how to make the right decisions, and then come into the presence of God in the mercy seat and just be reminded how much God is my provider. Everything I have is a gift from God. Every breath I take, He gifts that breath to me. And the Bible says, if you have breath, give praise to God. Wow. I learned it's not a ritual. It's not bondage. It's pleasure. I enjoy it. I've used this illustration quite a bit, but if you've got a close friend, don't you need to talk to them kind of several times a day if they're a really close friend? Or do you just talk with them once a year? Close friends. Yeah. Do you just talk to them when you need something from them? All of us have that person in our lives, right? Don't raise your hand. All of us have that person that we know when they call or they text or whatever they do, what do they want now? Hi. Yeah. Because you know the only time they call is when they're in need. And you can do something about it. Am I the only one? No, I think everybody's going, yep. You go, oh, man, come on. I didn't need that today. I don't want God to think about me like that, do you? God's presence changes everything. Changes my perspective, my attitude. God is omniscient. He already knows everything about me. So that's the one place I can just go in and be transparent. Just be transparent with all my faults, with all my failures, and I know he's not going to judge me. I don't have to try to be what everybody else thinks I should be. I can just be who God has made me to be, and he accepts me. It helps me with my job. I'm going to say, Pastor, you work at the church. Yes, I work at the church. It's a business Monday through Friday. It's a pleasure. I love Sundays and Wednesdays. But there are some days that, man, there's nothing fun about it. It's all about numbers. It's all about all the people that have jobs here and that have to be paid and all the insurances I'm just on and on and on and on and on. It's never ending. And God leads me by the illumination of the Holy Spirit to make the right decisions. So people have asked me, Pastor, how do you know the voice of God? How do you know the voice of God? Here's what I say. If you hear a voice often enough, you'll begin to recognize it. Have you ever picked up the phone and said hello? and Somebody said hello on the other end and you knew exactly who it was. That's my mom. That's my dad. That's my brother. It's my best friend. It's my sister. It's my uncle. Oh no, it's that person who only calls me when they need something. You recognize their voice when you hear it often enough. And I love this one passage in the Word of God that says we are to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. I love that verse. It's actually um, a dancing term. Stay in step. I cannot dance. But I just see myself that every time the Holy Spirit goes sideways, I go sideways. Every time he goes to the left, I go to the left. Every time he moves forward, I move forward. Every time he says stay, I stay. I'm just in step with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I just want to stay that close. That that he doesn't have to have some kind of catastrophic slap me upside the head to get my attention. But he simply nudges me and I move. Just a little nudge. Just a little bit of a moment and I just move with him. That's what our lives should be. We stay in step with the Holy Spirit. We know his voice. We talk enough. We we recognize him. He recognizes us. And he says, hey, you're, you're, you're right close. And I said, man, you're a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Thank you. Wow. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. And a teacher cannot help but teach. That's what they do. I've noticed that teachers in school, they don't really take the summer off. They're teaching people, even though they don't mean to be, they're always teaching. Hey, you know what? Let me show you how to do this. Yeah. And when the teacher is grieved, he leaves. The Bible says to grieve not the Holy Spirit. So keeping close, receiving. They'll stick around. And if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? Jesus needed to pray to conquer his flesh. We do too. Jesus conquered his flesh in the, in the, in the wilderness whenever he was tempted. He, he didn't eat for 40 days. That's a lot of conquering of the flesh. I've heard people tell me, Pastor, I, I, I just can't stop eating. I'm like, well, why are you eating right now? Because it's noon. Okay, are you hungry? Nope. It's just time to eat. <laughs> Sometimes we eat when we're not hungry. It's just time to eat. Well, why are you eating at 5 o'clock? Well, it's dinner time. That's why. Why are you getting a snack at 8.30? Because it's 8.30. Why'd you get that bowl of cereal at 10 o'clock? It's 10 o'clock. It's bowl of cereal time. Are you hungry? No. <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, not if you had breakfast Brunch, lunch, 3 o'clock snack, 5 o'clock dinner, probably not. We've got to conquer our flesh. And guess what? Here's what I found. The flesh resists prayer. In our flesh, we resist prayer. We've got to conquer the distractions, conquer our flesh. There's an old psalm that says this. Some of you are here old enough to know it. I know you do this. Now let us have a little talk with Jesus. Let us tell him all about our troubles. He will hear our faintest cry, and he will answer by and by. And when you feel a little prayer will turn, in, you'll know a little fire is burning. Have a little talk with Jesus makes it right. Now, sometimes you just, during the day, you need to just have a little talk. It'll make it right. And all of a sudden the light gets switched on. And all the ones in the room see the truth. When the Holy Spirit comes in and illuminates the room you're in, it changes everything. changes everything. you got to say no to your brain. We must seek the giver and not the gifts. John 16, 13 says this, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Isn't that awesome? He helps us get ready for our life every day. Helps us, prepares us for the day. we got to pray, we got to get ready, put on the full armor, and go out and win this day. Be conquerors today. You don't do that in your own strength. You don't do that in your own wisdom. You don't do that because you allow the flesh to do what it wants to or you allow your brain to think the way it wants to. No, no, no. We train the brain. We put on the helmet. We got the breastplate. We got the truth, peace, faith, sword, and we pray in all occasions in the Spirit. And He will guide you. He will lead you. He will prepare you for the day. I don't know how people do it without God. It's hard enough sometimes to go through days with God right there beside you. I don't know how people do it without Him. No wonder they don't have peace. I love the fact that I lay my head down at night and the Bible says that we are to have a clear conscience. Don't you love that? Hey, did you lie today? Nope, I spoke the truth. In love... That means, you know what that means? You got a big old hammer, but you put velvet over it. (laughs) Sometimes you have to hammer the truth into some people, but you do it softly and gently with a little bit of, you know, velvet on it. Didn't lie today. Told the truth. I built up people. I didn't cut anybody with the word. I destroyed the enemy in my life today. Took control of my flesh. Took control of my thoughts. Thank you, God. You can lay your head down at night in Jehovah Shalom, peace. Stand with me tonight. Peace. So last week, you know, my wife and I—well, I—I am getting on up there in years. They used to say getting a little long in the tooth, yeah. And so I decided. I thought, you know what? I don't understand all this stuff, but I'm going to try yoga. So they had yoga for beginners. Oh, no, yoga for beginner senior adults. I'm like, that's me. Start out at the simplest thing. And right off the bat, she sits down on the floor and just start doing this stuff. I'm like, what? This is for beginners? So I did that one, five minutes. I thought, I got this. So then Sandy goes over and does 30-minute yoga for intermediate And I got to tell you, there are some ways you are supposed to twist your body that was not meant for humans. And if I got my body in that position, she's dialing 911. But I did kind of get this tree thing down. I got some roots. They say, put your roots in there. Get down there and get up here. So... The wind was blowing. Thank you. <laughs> kind of had the tree going there for a little bit. And I was impressing myself. And, and then all of a sudden she went to this next move and it did not uh, impress anybody. And so, but it said all this is supposed to help you, you know, in your mental health. And I thought, how is that? I, it didn't help my mental health. My mental health was in bad shape after that. But I found that just a few minutes in the presence of God. It's more than namaste. You can find what you need. And all that you need is in his presence. Father, I pray right now that we learn how to enjoy relationship with you. It is not to be forced. It is not to be bondage. It is not to be something that is ritual but it's relationship. It's talking to you enough so that we recognize your voice. That's my father's voice. That's my dad's voice. And he can talk with you. He can walk with you. I pray today, God, that we learn how to approach you that we properly come into your presence through the patterns and principles that you've set forth. So that, God, we can have the effectual, fervent prayers that change things. And that we can gain wisdom and we can gain direction and knowledge from you and your word. And I pray that every morning we get dressed to go out for the day. We ask these things in your precious holy name. And everybody said, if you don't... We sure hope you were blessed by Pastor Bardwell's message. Join us anytime at PCachurch.com and every Sunday at 2313 East Prospect in Ponca City. First minute. It's going to be awesome. The whole service is going to be awesome. But you don't want to miss the beginning. God bless you. Have a great evening.